Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I'm very excited. I have Dr. Karen Tyndall here with me today. Hi, Dr. Karen. Hi, thank you for having me. This is, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. So for our audience, tell us a little bit about you and your background and kind of what, what you do and how you got to this point. Yeah. So as we said, my name is Karen Tyndall and I am a professional life coach. Uh, the interesting bit that goes with this is I also am an orthodontist at the same time. Um, now, originally, you can tell from my accent, I'm going to confuse everybody. I do live in America. I live in Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas at the moment, but originally I'm from the UK and I moved to Bentonville four and a half years ago with my husband's work. He works for Walmart and we live now in the home of Walmart. And this is just a family adventure for us to come and live somewhere abroad. We were supposed to come for two years. So I left my career as an orthodontist for a two year career break, but we love life here so much that we've actually decided to stay now. Yeah. So I just want to, I want to pause really quick because so many um, Americans right now don't love life here at all. <laughs> so I just want to appreciate you for saying that and for bringing some positivity into this conversation. And wow. yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, life is an adventure. And I was very much in a career. I loved my job as an orthodontist. And I could have seen me doing that for the rest of my working days. I was completely happy and settled. And if somebody had asked me, do you want to go and travel abroad and go somewhere else? I would have said, no, I'm perfectly happy where I am. Thank you. But when you're given the opportunity to go somewhere and life is, it's exciting to learn about a new place and still four and a half years on, I learn about America, Americans, every single day. There's, there's not a day that goes by when I don't learn, learn a new word or what something means or how something's done. That it's just that, that excitement. And the thing that we really love about being here in Northwest Arkansas, we get a lot of sunshine um, compared to England where there's a lot of gray days and some beautiful sunny days as well, but we get more sunshine here. And I love being in the sunshine and it just makes me feel good. So that's why we're so happy. I love that. And I like your sunflowers that you have behind oh, you. Yeah, too. they were from the farmer's market last weekend. So oh, lovely. That's wonderful. So, so you moved here. Um, it sounds like primarily for your husband's job. Yes. Career. And from there you discovered, okay, I can do this. This is, there's a lot of learning around me and you sound like someone who is a just constant learner, constantly educating yourself. And how did you change career paths? So you were an orthodontist, which is um, not an easy accomplishment in and of itself. And then you came here and tell us about how you came to find a new career path. Well, coming from being an orthodontist that I really loved and I had always worked my entire adult life, I had always worked even though probably I'd secretly said, oh, I'd love to not work. Wouldn't that be lovely? But it just, 
it didn't happen. I was, I was always working. And when we moved here, I couldn't work because of visa restrictions to start off with. That's all changed and I now can work here with the right paperwork, but to, to be an orthodontist in the United States, I would have to do some further training because my qualifications aren't recognized. You can't just transfer it over. So it was very, it was rather difficult. And I don't live anywhere near a dental school or anything like that. So I had a thought, think about what could I do? And I knew it had to be people related because I love working with people. Um, and through some coaching that I had for myself, I learned that what I love is a transformation and whether that's taking a patient with a crooked set of teeth and turning them into a beautiful smile and the patient goes from shy, hiding their teeth, they don't want to show their smile to somebody who's, you just see the difference in the person that they're confident and happy now. That's a transformation that I love. But also now for me, it's the transformation of working with people, busy. I work with dentists and physicians and dental professionals and other healthcare professionals who have super busy lives that they now want some help in sort of, they want to be professionally successful and that's really important to them, but they also want to personally thrive. So I help them to be able to do both. Um, so learning that I liked transformations, I then trained to become a professional life coach. And I did a training which is called whole person coaching. So we look at the whole person. It's a holistic approach really to coaching. So I'm looking at the whole person and different aspects of their life that play into it. You can't be a great business woman or businessman if your family life is out of balance or if health and fitness is out of balance. So it's looking at the overall picture for people. Um, I also got my accreditation with the International Coaching Federation which was really important to me. So that's the gold standard really of coaching certifications. And from there, I've set up this balancedoctor.com business, which is just super fun. I just love talking to people and helping people and chatting. And that transformation for me, it's helping people with that is the best. It's amazing. And, and when you compare um, what you're doing as a life coach and, and with your business, and you think about your, I'll call it a past life for lack of a better word, but your past life, um, you know, a practicing orthodontist, how would you, I mean, how does that help you when you look at that? Is, I mean, I, I guess, do you have moments where you look back and you say, I wish I knew then what I know now? Yeah, def definitely I do. Because I think for me, one of my, opportunities for great learning was when I actually stepped away from having to go to work that I was able to see things from a completely different perspective and I learned some valuable skills in that time I wish somebody had taught me about meditation right at the beginning of my professional life I think that would have been so huge but I learned to meditate and then I could just see where life maybe was out of balance, where I hadn't been maybe putting myself first and had just been focused on work and just ticking all my jobs off my to-do list. To be at the complete opposite end of the spectrum, where the first time I felt like I was actually being a really good mum and I was there for my children all the time. And I really liked that, but I knew that, that maybe this wasn't the balance because I'd gone from everything to nothing. <laughs> something in the middle and 
I like to think that I'm uniquely placed to help dentists because having been in that profession myself, I completely understand the pressures that are very unique to dentists. It's different from working with physicians or other healthcare professionals that I do. Um, and before I started working with physicians and dentists, I would have just grouped everybody together. But dentists are very, very different um, in, a, in a great way. Um, but the bottom line is, is that dentists, most of them are business owners. And there is a different pressure that sits on them because yeah. of that fact that they are actually running a business or whether it's just the associate who is also making their own money from how much they're working as well. But it's the business side that I think really puts different unique pressures on dentists. And I understand that. Absolutely. I think dentistry promotes a certain level of perfectionism in people that's, oh, yeah. that's not actually healthy in, in my opinion. Um, so tell me a little bit about a typical client and, you know, how can your business balance doctor, how can you help um, people and, and kind of define that typical client? Why do they, what are some of the reasons that they come to you and, and what are some of the most exciting transformations that you've been able to help? Well, I think people will initially come to me because they want to be more successful professionally. And even though that's not what it says on my website, that's what people want is people want to be able to be more successful. They want to be more financially profitable. They want to be all these things and it's all related to the business. But when you actually delve into it, it that's the surface. And all of us are the same underneath that there's actually so many things that we want one of the main things that I see is people who are working so hard and they are, they feel guilty that they're not there for their families as much as they should be. That, that, that bit of life is getting the short end of the, the wedge because work is taking up so much time. So it's maybe it's a, a busy female dentist who has got children at home. She's maybe got a nanny or she's relying on other people to do all of her childcare and she feels guilty about that and she wants to do more of that but she's got so much going on at work and at work she just says yes to everything because it's either she's working for somebody in a business or it's her business and she can't say feels that she can't say no to things so it's oh. establishing some boundaries for yes. her to create that a boundaries even though that word it sounds like it's something that's enclosed but once you create a boundary for yourself that opens up your freedom it gives you the freedom to do other things i am in the thick of understanding boundaries for myself and my own my own life and it's so funny when i think when i thought of boundaries in the past i always thought of boundaries being like i'm going to set boundaries for other people i am going to set up an environment that's healthy for me based on what I allow other people to either do to me or take from me. That's my, that was my previous perception of boundaries. And I'm kind of going through my own little transformation right now, where I'm learning that some of the most important boundaries we set are with ourselves, And some of the most important promises that we keep are with ourselves. Yeah. Um, like telling ourselves, I am going to be done with work at this time and not allowing ourselves to get, you know, sucked in or um, 
what I feel like we do is we, some people with certain personality types tend to put um, everyone else's, I don't want to say needs, I'll say our own promises that we make to other people, we take sometimes more seriously than the promises we make to ourselves. Yeah. And that has been um, an exciting thing to learn and to put into practice. And for you to help people to facilitate that learning and to actually apply it to their day-to-day life and apply it to their behaviors and their habits. One of the funny things is, and you could, I don't know if you see this with clients or not, but one of the funny things for me is if I open an email on the weekend, I'm done. Like, like I will get sucked into work. I call it, I'll get sucked in. So sometimes a client will text me and be like, can you send me that thing? I'll be like, can you send me an email please? And I will be happy to get to this during working hours. And they always respect, almost always respect it. And Usually they have families and they're like, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, is, I mean, I don't know. I'm like a little grasshopper right now. I'm just learning all of these things. I think but, that's like, you, you can see in people when they do set boundaries, like you can see now you're energized talking about how you've discovered that this, this exists, that if you put yourself, your boundaries around you, then you then benefit from that. And it's me when I get, when was around saying no to people, that's, that's a, one of my clients wanted to sort of say no to things rather than always being the person that said yes. And when she rang, she rang me about two days after our session, she's like, I just had to let you know, I said no to somebody um, and I feel so good. But it's learning how to say no to somebody. And that's really empowering to say yes, you know, to, to thank somebody for the opportunity that they may be giving you but actually for me right now, that's not the, you know, I can't help you or whatever, but maybe in the future. I want to, I want to take this, I want to take a turn with this topic and I want to get a little bit controversial here because one of the things I find interesting is that when women say no, it is not as easily accepted as when men say no, not that we're saying no, we're still being respectful and polite, but setting boundaries. When I have found that some people have a very strong visceral reaction to a woman telling them no. Mm. And I don't know if that's a cultural conditioning thing, but I've actually challenged people and said, okay, can you please consider what you're, what you're saying to me and consider if you would be saying this if I were a man. And what do they say? They stopped talking and started thinking. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, that's very interesting. I never thought about that. Oh my goodness. You're, I mean, this, this person that I respect a great deal was like, oh my goodness, you're right. You've simply set a boundary. And it's been made into this huge thing by people. I think as women, there's a lot of pressure on us to be um, catering and to say yes. And it's interesting too. I have a lot of women that work for me and work with me. And I, I, I try to encourage them to push back and mm-hmm. to communicate and to get comfortable telling me, no, that's an unrealistic goal. Is it okay if I do this by this time? I'm like, you got to speak up. Like we're just, we're, you know, yeah. but we're, con- we're almost conditioned to not have those 
those conversations. It's having the confidence, I think, that once you've decided that you're going to protect your boundary. Um, and also I, I find that it's, it's the way that you say no as well sometimes is really, really critical, but is, is essential to the process because politely, because people only ask you to do things because they think you're capable generally. So in a way, it's a compliment that you've been asked to do something. Um, so recognizing that compliment, thanking them for, thank you for thinking of me, um, but at the moment I can't do this, or at the moment that's not aligned with my goals, or at the moment I can't say yes. But it's that the acknowledgement, yes, they wanted my help because they see me as capable, because we're capable, strong pe women or people, and then saying, thank you, I can't do that. It's, it's tough too in social settings when you want to say yes to everything, you want to go to every party, you want to buy all these gifts. And, and sometimes you have to say, you have to politely decline invitations for things. And it doesn't mean that you don't love or appreciate the people that have invited you or included you. And being able to turn things down is so important, especially in it's, we have in this dental community, we have so many meetings, events, invitations, mm -hmm. groups, and you want to support everyone around you. But in order to support where you're going, what your mission is, what your calling is, you have to be selective with your time. Yeah. Because we've only got a finite amount of time and you accept more and it's going to have an effect. Something is going to miss out. And sadly for a lot of people, one of those things that misses out is sleep. That's good. That's the thing where they're going to find, Oh, that's where I can find time that I'm not already busy and they'll take from that. And as we all know, sleep is so important for us to be able to rest and really recuperate and re-energize for the day. That, I, that... I put sleep at number one. I, I even put sleep above diet and exercise. And I think, especially for new moms, that's the biggest yeah. challenge because you don't, you don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah. I was, my, my daughters didn't sleep a six month stretch until they were 18 months old, <laughs> a six hour stretch, like not even a full eight hour. Yeah. Like they were, they were walking and talking before they were sleeping. And at a certain point with my first daughter being business owner, CEO, and right at a turning point in my career, I was so sleep deprived and I hired a night nanny to come two nights a week so that when I just couldn't peel myself out of the bed the third time that night <laughs> yeah. that I had assistance. And it was funny because I would still wake up and watch on the camera, first time mom, just obsessive, you know, and I would watch this other person like changing my daughter and, and sneaking into my fridge and eating my food and all these weird things. <laughs> but I survived it. I had another one. And there's, there's a lot of um, women out there that when they have their first child and they have a career that they feel so deeply judged and finding that balance is so important at that point yeah. because you've got to be there for your, for your child. And what you just, what you just said then about getting the night nanny to help you out that is a perfect example of putting yourself first by outsourcing something. 
Um, and there was a benefit to doing that, that you were able to get sleep. So in the daytime, you're there for your children in a positive way rather than being exhausted. And that can work over everybody's life in all sorts of ways, whether or not you're getting somebody to come and do the, the ironing, whether or not you're going to find a college student who will pick the children up from school for you and bring them home. Finding ways that the jobs maybe one, the jobs that you just physically can't get to because you're at work, they can help you with, or two, the jobs you really don't enjoy. If you don't enjoy you and your you know, house, don't enjoy cutting the lawn, find somebody to come and cut the lawn for you. It'll give you that time back to then focus on something else that you would rather be doing. So that was a perfect example of outsourcing and for your own. It was life. the hardest outsourcing I've ever done because I had a family member say, well, you have a nanny during the day and you have a nanny at night. When do you see your kids? And part of, part of, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, really, but at the time it was heartbreaking. I was so sleep deprived and just doing my absolute best. Yeah. It's what you do, Dr. Karen, in my opinion, is you help people have the freedom to live the life that they don't even know is possible for them. Yeah. Talk to me on, you know, how does this coaching work? So I'm very fortunate now that everybody is very familiar with this Zoom technology because this is how I do probably 95% of my coaching is through Zoom. And I work with my clients one-on-one. We meet like this over Zoom and we generally probably to have a really good go at coaching to get some really sustained results. I normally work with people for about three months, but there can be people that want to work for six months or longer. And then can be people that then just keep me there, just keeping on like every now and then coming to see me. But also on the opposite end, if somebody says like, I just want a couple of sessions just to get my head straight and work out where my priorities are or understand what my values are are really important. So it's working like this one-on-one. And I also work with teams and dental teams and helping them sort of be more successful together by looking at everybody's values and how the practice works. And one statistic that is, I find it's just a huge number is I think the turnover in a dental practice, when you lose a member of staff and have to get another one in, it costs $80,000, the cost, like total cost for a new member of staff on your team, because that's all the time you've put in and the training and everything that they've had. That if I can sit down with somebody and actually work out what are their values when they're looking for a new member of their team, who do they want to get in, what's important to them and the sort of person they want. If you can save that, what, even once per year, but if you think in a practice, how many times a year do they lose somebody? And for whatever reason, they move away or whatever. It doesn't have to be a, for a problem. But what are the values behind that? And if we can prevent that from happening, I can guarantee that that dentist or that practice owner is going to be a lot more happy that they've saved all that money and they've saved themselves the stress, the time and the tension of having somebody new come in. So I, I always say, you know, in, in my history of being a business owner in the last you know 12 years or actually 11 years, it's interesting because you think about what it caught, what turnover costs. And I'm going to challenge that and say, I think keeping the wrong person costs even more. Keeping a person who's not a fit and working against what everyone else is working for is going to cost even more. And the 
biggest cost. It's not even financial. It's your happiness. It's, It's the quality of your life and the quality of the life of the team and really getting to a place where everybody's on board and everybody shares values is the best feeling financial or not. It's, it's funny when we're driven by money, sometimes we lose sight of what's really important and our happiness and our joy and, and how we live our life and how we feel about how we live our life is so much more important than the financial side. But that's where so many people think their problem is. And so that's what they come to you thinking that's the problem. But then we work on everything else. And it's, the, it's so lovely to see when they actually realize, gosh, this is so much deeper than I thought it. I thought it was just about this one thing to do with work. But actually, there's so much in here about me. And like you said, I completely agree with you that to be happy at work, we spend so much time in our dental clinics and practices every day. That's majority of our time is spent there. So if we can get that group of people you know, all working and to the same, you know, to the same, but we're all got the same values and sharing that. Then for me to help you, you work out as a dentist, what your values are, then I can already set you on the right track because then you know that your people that you recruit to come with you, share those values that you're all working for the same goal, that you're all happy together. It's, it's tough when you get someone in there that doesn't share your values, they're not going to tell you in their interview. And (laughs) They're not, they're not going to wear it. Like it's not going to be obvious. It's sometimes you need another person to help you reflect and dig a little bit deeper to unveil what needs to change within the business. And it's amazing that you're helping people do that. Do you have any resources that you can share with our viewers and listeners? Yes. So there is, I've written a guide and it's available to download from my website, which is balancedoctor.com. And I've compiled a booklet, really a PDF of habits that happy balanced doctors are doing. And this isn't something that I've just grasped from midair. This is from when I've worked with people, this is things that they have implemented into their daily life that now make them feel like they have a more balanced, happy life. So this is real life anecdotes from people um, as to what they have changed. And a lot of these things are super easy that you could read through this and then think, ah, oh, that's what I can have a go at doing and I'll, I'll implement that. So awesome. So how do we get to that? That so you'd go to balancedoctor.com. Okay. Um, and there will be a button. It might pop up at you, or if not, you can find it at the bottom of the page. If you, if you go past that window and it'll be there and you just pop your email address in there and I won't bombard you with emails and adverts and everything like that. You don't even want to get me, you don't want to get me started on the spam topic. You don't yeah. even want to get me going on. <laughs> so I'm very so. respectful of people's inboxes and um, you will receive that from me and I won't pester you in any way. Um, Wonderful. That resource is, is a really valuable thing. Just real advice from real dentists and doctors. Awesome. Dr. Karen, thank you so much for being yeah. here today. It's been super fun. And to our listeners and members, join us over at Dentistry's Growing with Grace. Our group name is actually changing from Dental Marketing with Grace to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. And um, continue to listen because we're going to keep sharing information on how you can evolve both personally and professionally to lead with your best self. 
Uh, Dr. Karen, thanks again. And uh, to all of our friends, I will see you next time. Thank you for having me.